Welcome everybody, and I'm Paul, and this is uh, The Receptive Life. And I'd like to think of it as a, a place where you and I can learn together how to receive all the gifts uh, that only the triune God can give. And if you just think of uh, our year, 2020, uh, don't we need these gifts more than, more than ever? In fact, I was just uh, thinking about the events of 2020. You know, January 1st started out okay, then all of a sudden, uh, you know, January 2nd, you started hearing things about uh, wildfires in Australia and missiles in the Middle East. Uh, then later, the death of Kobe Bryant. Uh, during that first part of the year, there was impeachment. And then, uh, you know, the, the phrase COVID-19 and coronavirus, uh, you know, the Dow Jones uh, started to crash. There were executive orders given. Um, you heard things like PPE and ventilators and flatten the curve. Uh, you know, the first wave, uh, words like social uh, distancing and face masks and six feet apart and quarantine. And then, you know, stay home, stay safe orders. Uh, you know, then the economy, talking about the CARES Act. And then uh, just personally, you know, learning um, changed, uh, you know, to virtual. Uh, so you had Zoom and online classes and even virtual church. And then, you know, cries to reopen the economy. Uh, you had uh, the tragedy of George Floyd, uh, Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, uh, peaceful protests, marches, rallies, uh, riots, uh, defund the police and silence is violence, were other words uh, that we heard, woke, uh, cancel culture, uh, Antifa, um, and now, you know, thoughts in the fall going into a second wave and then hurricanes. And then on top of all of that, uh, you have the 2020 presidential election. And so uh, what if I were to tell you that the triune God, uh, the one we know as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, desires to give uh, to us all of his, all of his gifts. Uh, the Father desires to give to us all of the gifts of his creation. I mean, he's, he is the creator of heaven and earth wants to give us all good gifts for our body and soul, uh, for our um, protection to defend us, to watch over us. Uh, the Son, Jesus Christ, uh, desires to give to us all of his redemptive work. And the Holy Spirit uh, wants to give to us the gift of faith and uh, all of the gifts that come through uh, the hearing of, of the scriptures pointing to the person of Jesus, chief among those being uh, the forgiveness of sins and and reconciliation, you know, not just with uh, one another, but also uh, reconciliation with with God Himself. Martin Luther uh, knew about this, and he said in his large catechism, speaking in the Apostles' Creed, he said, "Well, here we see that God gives Himself entire to us, with all that He has and is able to do to aid." And direct us in keeping the Ten Commandments. The Father, he says, gives all creatures, the Son, his entire work, and the Holy Ghost, all of his gifts. So there it is. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit desiring to give to us uh, super abundantly, more than we could ask or imagine, um, his uh, sacred gifts to us. So this is what really the receptive life is. It's learning how to receive all of the gifts that only the triune God 
can give. So I'd like to give you uh, an overview, uh, an introduction of uh, this uh, receptive life. And I want to use some uh, metaphors. Metaphors are uh, helpful for me. They paint pictures and and maybe uh, they'll also be beneficial for you. So I want to talk about four uh, metaphors in this receptive life. So uh, the, the metaphors are of ladders, two of them, um, uh, that of spiritual beggars, uh, a soul doctor, and, uh, and a guide. So first of all, this idea of two ladders. And so I'll, I'll preface this by saying that these two ladders are different in the sense that one speaks of uh, ascending, another descending. One speaks of merit, doing something. The other speaks of receiving um, and the means by which God gives to us these gifts. So the first one, this, this really is the default position of human nature, the idea of performance, uh, where we uh, try to climb up the ladder, uh, reconcile ourselves to God, uh, do certain spiritual things, um, works, that in somehow would reconcile us to to God. And so really it is this idea of, um, of performance. What is it that I must do? And uh, this will wear you out. Um, and again, this is the default nature of human, uh, of human spirituality apart from Christ, uh, focused solely on, on us, uh, trying to ascend our way to heaven. The second one is beautiful in, in the sense that we sit at the bottom of the ladder. And it's that God descends to us. And this is uh, all about what Christ has done. And, and uh, it's about sitting at the bottom of the ladder and receiving. And Christ himself, then, is the ladder by which heaven and earth are bridged. And, and these are the means by which God gives himself to us. We'll talk about it as giving himself to us in the scriptures and in the sacraments. That's really where Christ himself is, is given to us. So we sit at the bottom of the ladder like spiritual beggars, having nothing to offer to God, can't ascend to him by our, by our effort or by our performance, but sitting at the bottom of the ladder or at the roadside crying out uh, for mercy. And so Luther called this way of life vida passiva. Uh, which is just a fancy Latin phrase for saying the life that receives. So that's where basically I got the name, uh, the receptive life. Now, Luther, again, this, this idea of the gospel, it bids us to hold the sack open and have something to, uh, to be given to us. So you think of the, the beggar on the side of the road crying out, he has nothing. Uh, in fact, beggars, you know, have their hands out uh, and there's nothing in them. And that's really good news because then uh, your hands uh, can be filled fully with the gifts of Christ. So you, you sit there, you know, hold the sack open and you cry out, Lord, have mercy. And the gospel uh, bids you to say, you know, God wants to give you all good gifts. Uh, the final written words of Martin Luther, he scrolled, you know, um, scribbled them on a little piece of paper before his death. Just one little, one little sentence. He said, we are beggars. We are beggars. This is, this is true. And so that's the beggars cry, Lord have mercy and Christ have mercy. Uh, 
Lord, have mercy. That sounds familiar, right? You go to worship and you, you hear those words over and over and over again. Well, you go there as a beggar with empty hands, um, crying out and expecting to receive from God all good gifts. Same thing. You go to the scriptures as a beggar with open hands. You pray that the Holy Spirit open your eyes, open your heart. And uh, then he pours into us all of the gifts uh, that we can't give to one another. So in the sacraments and in the scriptures, we receive Jesus. Um, That's the ladder by which God descends to us. We receive Jesus. But then there's this other aspect of it. And and, and, um, this came from the Lutheran confessors. This little phrase, we then make use of him also. Isn't that interesting? We receive Jesus, but also we uh, are invited to make use of him. So this is how the the Lutheran confessors um, explained it. Thus, they said, the worship and divine service of the gospel is to receive from God gifts. And on the contrary, the worship of the law is to offer and to present our gifts to God. We can, however, offer nothing to God unless we have first been reconciled and born again. The chief worship of the gospel is to wish to receive remission of sins, grace, and and righteousness. And that's from the the apology of the uh, Augsburg Confession. I mean, there you have it, the two ladders, right? Uh, So the worship, the divine service of the gospel is to receive gifts from God. That's the ladder uh, with God descending. The other, the one of performance, is the worship of the law and is to offer and present our gifts to God. But we can't offer anything to God unless we have first been reconciled and and born again. So this is the chief worship of the gospel, is to be like a beggar, understanding our need to receive the forgiveness of sins, grace, and righteousness. Another quote the the Lutheran confessors uh, said, they said, well, then the gospel compels us to avail ourselves of Christ in justification. You could uh, translate that, make use of him. It teaches that through him we have access to God by faith. And it teaches that we ought to set him as mediator and propitiator against God's wrath. It teaches that by faith in Christ, the remission of sins and reconciliation are received, and the terrors of sin and death are overcome. So we avail ourselves of Christ. We receive him, but then we also make use of him, that we have access to this God by faith, that we have Jesus as a mediator, uh, an intercessor. He is the atonement for us, uh, that we have this greatest gift, the forgiveness of sins, and we are reconciled to God, and God is reconciled to us. And whatever terrors of conscience you have, or terrors over sin, or terrors over death, those two, Christ, our brother, uh, stands with us. So we are beggars. So if you ever thought about, you know, why is it uh, that someone maybe should study the scriptures with you, or go to worship with you, maybe this, you know, this metaphor... um, works. That, you know, you tell them, well, I'm just one beggar, and I found this wonderful free banquet, and then you're just telling other beggars where that banquet, where that banquet is. So you receive Christ, and you make use of Christ, 
and then you share that with others who are who are longing for for the same. Uh, the third metaphor is that of a, a soul doctor, and this is really the working of the Holy Spirit. He is the ultimate soul doctor, but he does use um, uh, the scriptures. He does use uh, the psalmists and the prophets and the apostles. Jesus himself is this soul doctor, and he uses uh, us. Uh, you know, specifically, pastors are called to be soul doctors. And so, if you think of a doctor, uh, you know, sometimes you go to a doctor, and uh, you know, it's your uh, yearly physical, and you go there, and you don't expect anything, you know, to be wrong. Uh, but you go through, you know, tests and things of that uh, that nature, and maybe the results all come back wonderful, and you go another year without any concerns. Maybe though the the soul doctor, now talking spiritually, is you, you know you, you you go to the scriptures and you uh, are examined by these scriptures, and you say, you know what, there are these areas uh, you really you really need to examine and to work work on. And um, but you are receiving the forgiveness of sins. You are in a state of repentance. Go in peace uh, and, and serve the Lord. Now, maybe when you go to the, the doctor, all of a sudden the doctor says, "There's some really you know concerning things here you're not aware of." And so that's a different uh, than process that the soul doctor comes and says, "You know what? Um, we uncovered some things here." that you weren't aware of, you were oblivious to. We need to point these out. And uh, maybe you're hesitant at, 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 you know, at first, but then all of a sudden you say, you know, I'm glad that, I'm glad that the doctor caught this. I'm glad that the soul doctor pointed this out and, and cut it off. Well, sometimes, you know, you go um, kicking and screaming to the doctor and you say, you know, I, I really don't want to, I really don't want to be here. My wife told me I should, should come. And um, you go to the doctor, and the doctor starts to reveal all of these potentially, um, hey, you know, if you don't change your life, uh, this is really going to be serious. And so a soul doctor takes the scriptures, um, and we examine our life uh, through those scriptures, and the Holy Spirit is always there working. And there's a diagnosis that is given. And maybe, maybe the diagnosis is dire, or maybe it's, you know, um, go in peace, you know, serve the Lord. Uh, but that diagnosis always leaves then uh, this, this sense of unneeded uh, medicine, the right medicine. But a doctor can't do that until he, you know, has examined you and, and made a diagnosis of your condition, but then also uh, uh, diagnosing the medicine. So sometimes the medicine is is the word of uh, God's rebuke. You got to change your life here. Or maybe it's, you know what, I haven't taken care of myself the way that I should, or, or this, um, you know, this has uh, happened to me. I'm just not feeling well. There's this, there's this spiritually, this terror. And then the doctor says, here, let, let me point you to Christ. Here's the medicine of the forgiveness of sins. And so I hope, I hope I explained that well. I maybe can do a better job of that. But this idea of, um, the Holy Spirit being the ultimate soul doctor, but also us with one another, examining our lives and then making a diagnosis of it and then applying the right medicine. Right? So uh, that's the concept of, uh, of the soul doctor.
Martin Luther did this in his uh, in the context of his of his small catechism and large catechism. So he made a diagnosis and an examination of his um, uh, his little sphere of influence. So he went and visited, you know, his parishioners and the pastors under his care, and and this is what he came back and said: the deplorable, wretched deprivation that I recently encountered while I was a visitor has constrained and compelled me to prepare this catechism or Christian instruction in such a brief, plain, and simple version. So so he went, you know, and he said, I I just want to know what, what is going on within my vocational sphere of care. And he was appalled. He he was shocked um, and it urged him to do something about it. He said, Dear God, what misery I beheld. The ordinary person, especially in the villages, knows absolutely nothing about the Christian faith. And unfortunately, many pastors are completely unskilled and incompetent teachers. He says, this is not good. I mean, there's this misery here. Uh, they, they, they know absolutely nothing. He goes on, he says, yet supposedly they all bear the name Christian, are baptized, receive the Holy Sacrament, even though they do not know the Lord's Prayer, the Creed, or the Ten Commandments. So if you were to go and make an, an examination, right, a, as a soul doctor to, to your family and to your friends and, and to those that you care about, I mean, what would, you, what would be the diagnosis that you come back with? You know, do they know even the ABCs of the Christian faith so they might make use of Christ and receive the forgiveness? Are they even, I mean, are they even aware of the Ten Commandments? Do they even know who God is in the creed? Do they, they even know how to pray? Um, and so, you know, we examine, uh, make a diagnosis, and then, then we say there's some medicine needed here. And so the medicine that uh, Luther gave, he says, well, I got to preach about this. So he begins to preach about the basics of the Christian faith, uh, the Ten Commandments and the Creed and the Lord's Prayer and and the gifts of the sacraments. And then he begins to give a little tool, uh, a small catechism that in a plain and clear and simple way helps to teach, helps to teach the people and to to give uh, those that he cares about the gifts of Christ. So he becomes a guide. Uh, first of all, Luther, you know, is uh, following the example of the Holy Spirit in the Scriptures himself. Right, uh, the psalmist specifically become a guide for him in Psalm one hundred and nineteen. Uh, he uses that pattern. He says, "Prayer, meditation, and the daily struggles of life." You know, that's what makes the makes the disciple, makes the the theologian, uh, and so he's a guide. Um, and as you read uh, his little catechism, you, you'll see that he's a fellow traveler with us. And you know what? He has the accent of the territory. He's not a pretender. You know, it's not like he just kind of picked up a, a couple of books, started reading, and then, you know, started writing. No, he knows this territory. He knows the territory of uh, being in terror of his sins, but then receiving the forgiveness of sins in Christ Jesus. And he, so he knows the peace of Christ. He knows how to fight the devil. You know, he teaches the devil to death. So he's this guide for, uh, for his people. And he walks with them. And, uh, and, and they trust him because he has this accent of the territory. He's lived in these places and knows 
how and what and and uh, you know where to find the gifts that Christ has given and wants to give uh, to those that he loves. So in this class, I thought um, maybe that we could uh, serve you know one another in that way, and maybe I can lead you as a guide and give you a map of the territory in the receptive life. And the, the map of the territory is really, you know, the 12 stations, or I, I like to call them outposts, that um, were significantly pointed out in the little small catechism, such places as, you know, the Ten Commandments and the Lord's Prayer and the, and the Creed and, and the Sacraments and what it looks like to, to serve in vocation and uh, the, the scriptures, the Word of God and confession and repentance, uh, morning uh, and evening prayer. So uh, those, those would be the types of places that we would go. That's the map. The compass uh, is something that I call the Psalm 119 prayer cycle. Now, I don't know if that's a good name, but here's what it's about. It's about, you know, based on Psalm 119, uh, you know, this Luther's uh, reference being, you know, the spiritual life is about prayer and meditation on God's word and the soul struggle or the daily you know struggles of life. So that's in Psalm 119. Um, it's about prayer. Um, and it's also something that I created to help uh, be repeatable and consistent. So it's a cycle. So I suppose the name you know functions that way. Psalm 119, prayer cycle. So that would be the compass. We'll talk about that more. And then the backpack, you know, if you go on a journey, you want some, you know, supplies. So a backpack will give you some tools and, and materials and, and skills along the way. And then, you know, everyone want, kind of wants to know where we go and what's the itinerary. And uh, so during that, that time of the receptive life, I'll, I'll try and point out, well, okay, here we are. And here's the next place we're going to go. And we're going to spend some time there. And then, then we're going to go to this next place. And there, there'll be set forth a uh, itinerary uh, for our, our little journey together. So there it is, the metaphors, two ladders, uh, spiritual beggars, uh, the, the idea of a soul doctor and a guide. Again, God wants to give to us all of these gifts. And in 2020, don't we don't we need a father who will give to us all of his uh, creation? And don't we need the son who will give to us all of his redemptive works? And don't we need the Holy Spirit who will give to us all of his gifts? So uh, we'll receive them in the scriptures and in the sacraments. And we'll receive the person and work of Jesus. We'll make, make use of him. And uh, I'm going to hopefully be able to do a good job of giving you some tools and we'll do it together and uh, so this is the receptive life uh, a place where you and I together we can learn how to receive all of the gifts that only the triune God can give to us